Welcome to the Edge of NFT, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of Web3 today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts of the business side and also the human element of how Web3 is changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special edition of Edge of NFT. Lively work. And Web3 with Vali. So if you notice, we have three uh, really unique podcasts um, that come together for this special Creators Roundtable. We all had shared some uh, common interests and, and content uh, focus areas, but also have some differences in our audiences and perspectives from where we all podcast. So um, for those of you that don't know, I'm based in the United States and, and that's where a good amount of our audience um, started, but it's now global. And what about you, Gabby? Well, I'm from Spain, from Madrid. And you know, um, I study journalism, social communication. I work it very much on the, on the media side. And then I started on the blockchain side. And I think, you know, Dubai is perfect place for that. Yeah, all coming together. And um, our host, the most, uh, actually the host of uh, Future Blockchain Summit, um, and has become a, a fast friend, Bali. You're based here in Dubai, yeah? I'm based here in Dubai, though I'm from Bangalore and I live a bit in Bali. But technically, I've just been all over uh, the world in the last year, no, last couple of years, actually. In, in your audience, you said is a mix of um, sort of a, a English audience, but also Hindi, yeah? Yes, because I can boast about having the maximum number of audience in the world because Hindi uh, and India right now is the most populous country in the world and has the maximum number of youth. Uh, but it's a different, you know, it's a difficult balance between Hindi and English. So we call it Hinglish because uh, we uh, might just switch into talking into Hindi and English. But then most of our speakers are English speaking. So that's uh, at times mostly into English, but it's a mix of both actually. Very cool. And, uh, you know, I will say the Latin audience is catching up, uh, a growing population globally. That's, that's your primary audience. And, and you, you were telling me that your content is actually in Spanish, correct? Yeah, exactly. So what we are doing, uh, we have our own TV show in, in Latin America. So yeah, most of our audience is based in the Spanish countries in the whole Latin America region. And you know, it's, a, it's a, this region, it's a, getting involved a lot into blockchain. So we are trying to bring knowledge, more knowledge into these, these countries through TV show, you know, which is uh, for more for massive person. Yeah, I, I don't think everyone realizes how uh, much activity is happening in that in the, the Latin community. I mean, obviously, um, there was big news with, with El Salvador adopting Bitcoin and, and that sort of shown some light. And, and now I hear about all these conferences in South America and Latin America that I want to go to. So um, we'll have to sort of head over your way soon. You know what is happening with Latin America? Um, they don't trust their own coin. <laughs> so the thing is um, um, the blockchain and the cryptocurrency is like a, a way for their financial inclusion. For all these people, they need financial inclusion. So when they start to get involved into blockchain and crypto, it's a way to um, to save a little bit, you know, to get involved in, in another coin that uh, they know that they can save better than their own coin. 
Yeah, it makes sense. So we were fascinated just, and, and I'd love to get into why we all started podcasting around the same time, which is very serendipitous. When we started um, our show, Edge of NFT, we immediately saw a spike in viewership, um, actually, in not just Europe, but but also Asia and uh, Latin America. And we we're really curious about that. And it became clear that over the last few years, um, a lot of folks have turned to Web3 and blockchain, I think, for hope, for, for financial independence, for empowerment, for the opportunity to sort of be able to sort of be more entrepreneurial and innovative where they might have um, barriers to that right now. So I think that was really eye-opening for me that now our audience is in over 90 countries. Um, so, yeah, but why how, Why do we all decide to do this, right? Um, there's 2 million podcasts in the world. It's not the, the easiest thing to do and to grow an audience like we all have. Um, and we all started around the same time. Um, what was going through your mind, Bali, back, back then when you got started? What made you decide to get into podcasting? Okay, so... I have a sad story to this. Uh, I have been uh, active on stage for over 18 years of my life. But back then, I think when I was like 14 years old in the entertainment industry, um, my son passed away and I couldn't go ahead and perform or couldn't make anybody laugh on stage or couldn't go back on stage and pump in the same energy that I had. And over a period of time, I went broke. So I couldn't uh, buy even diapers or milk for my kids. And when I called people, asking them for shows or for events, they were like, hey, bro, I thought you quit. I'm like, no, I didn't quit. Do you have any work for me? Right? I would love to get back on stage. But I wasn't uh, getting shows to be on. And then somehow randomly watching a YouTube video, I saw someone uh, vlogging and I'm like, damn, I can do this, right? And then slowly from there, I started creating content. And when I got into Web3, I think the easiest transition was for me to stop creating lifestyle content and start creating Web3 content. So, so that is how my journey spanned from uh, creating lifestyle content to creating content on blockchain and on Web3 and crypto. Very cool. And and Gabby, you mentioned your background in, in, in media and journalism. So I guess it wasn't a big stretch for you to, to do this, but I am still curious why why start a Web3 podcast um, a couple of years ago? Like what inspired your journey? Well, the thing is like, um, uh, yes, my background is more in media, uh, more in the, in the journalist side. But when I started to work on the blockchain and also I met uh, Barça Basi, the other co-founder, we say, hey, why don't we merge these, these two things? He's more taking more in finance, uh, me more in the media side. So I decided to get my contacts from the media, uh, from previously uh, TVs that I, I used to work. And I say, hey, uh, what if we create a new TV show? that uh, brings to the people the, the knowledge about the new technologies, about what is going on, what is the metaverse, because all these technologies are super complicated. People don't understand. Um, uh, you know, most of the people don't understand what is going on. Uh, also, if you go to the TV, you don't see this kind of news. So they say, hey, yes, look, you know, it's a, it's a good idea. 
of course, uh, we are careful about all the projects that we bring because there is like a lot of a scammer in this world for sure. So we are very careful about it. But uh, yeah, we we are very happy. I think we are having good results, and people like it to uh, to know about these uh, these things. And I think we are doing we are doing good because these people, which is is not in the community, but it's started to get know more about this world. Very cool. Hmm. So, um, on, on my end, I had no background in in media in a sense. Um, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur entrepreneur and I had a, a food tech company back um, back in the day that actually was unique in the sense that we decentralized meal production and we co-branded with chefs. We put the meal, um, the name of the chef on the label with the meal um, and we did this sort of nationally in the U.S. Um, actually, some almost similar to the Tiffin model in, in India and, you know, through that process, I learned a lot about marketplaces around sort of communities. We worked with all these different yoga studios and fitness centers, um, all these different health professionals. And so I got into blockchain um, at some point as an advisor investor in this space uh, with uh, my co-host Jeff and, uh, and also I'll tell you how we met Ethan. But essentially I realized, wow, Web3 superpowers, um, all the things that I think about as uh, disruptive, innovative possibilities. It really is an incredible pool set. And so we started the podcast just out of our own curiosity to learn more as a forcing function. And, you know, the first shows were asking a lot of questions and, and maybe, you know, layman questions. But over the time of doing over 300 shows now, um, you know, I think you know a thing or two about this space. But that's how it all started. And, of course, that gave us the trust and credibility to then do uh, NFTLA, which we call now Outer Edge LA. And, Got to meet people like Mark Cuban and and uh, William Shatner this year, and you know really bring people together. I think it comes from um, a passion for edutainment and to uh, you know create deeper connections in the space, allow people to to thrive and to benefit from this incredibly powerful technology. And you know we want to cover everything. You know there's some shows that are very specific to trading or to uh, PFP projects or to infrastructure, we cover it all. So from the metaverse to gaming, uh, to infrastructure, to, to real estate, you know, we interviewed someone that sold the first house on the blockchain, which was incredible. Um, so, uh, you know, I think something about the name Edge of NFT has forced um, people to sort of come to us with pitches that are truly at the edge of innovation. <laughs> uh, and of course, are you, are you being sarcastic there? No, <laughs> no, it, it's, 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 you know, we get a lot of pitches, but I, I think that was like a, a really a special part of the name we chose for the show is that it did sort of create this sort of pressure like, oh, I'm at the edge for this reason and that. And it also created some pressure for us to make sure we cover things that are truly at the edge, not over the edge, but at the edge. Um, so, yeah. Is that when, when you guys started creating content around Web3 and stuff, how easy or how challenging was for you to get your first few guests? So I'd been in this space since 2017. And so I just called favors to friends. So the first 10 guests were a little bit harder, not that hard, but you know, um, not everyone wants to be first, right? Uh, after that, it just picked up. And somewhere along the way, uh, around like maybe show 15 or 20, 
the inbound came. And during the peak of the market, we were getting 300 requests, um, you know, a, a, a month. And we were booked for months and months and months. And we had no problem getting guests. So there's always this inflection point. But at the beginning, there's a little bit of like powers of persuasion there. How about, how about you? Uh, well, I think that the, the advantage of having the, a TV show is that uh, when people know that it's a TV, they, they are more likely to accept yeah. the invitation because it's like, okay, it's TV, yeah, I'm going. Um, we were having an issue anyway with the production because they wanted more Spanish people. So that uh, was our a little bit uh, tricky for us because, uh, you know, we bring like super great people from other countries. We wanted to make it more international. But the thing is now with AI, <laughs> with the technology, we can bring any anybody to our show because we can translate it perfectly. And there is no issue. There is oh, no issue cool. with that. So well, what did we use for that? We... Um, I have the program at uh, Captions AI. We have different programs. Nice. Uh, it's it's perfect for us, you know. Yeah, it's perfect. There's some great tools now for uh, for podcasters and content creators. We use a, a new tool called Cast Magic. I don't know if you all have heard about that tool, mm. but um, they're one of our new partners. If you just like plop in your your audio and video, it translates the whole thing into a full script with key moments quotes, socials, everything, oh, wow. all in one snap. It's pretty pretty cool stuff. I'll, I'll get you guys uh, in, into, hooked up. Yeah, but that was a new discovery just randomly um, a few months ago, and, and there is incredible technology to make it easier for podcasting. But I will say, uh, I don't know if you run into this, but I'm not sure if people appreciate the nuance of, of the process to do a podcast. Like, to set this up, it took us about an hour of, of prep and we put a lot of time into pre-production, post-production distribution. And, and sometimes I think people um, don't always appreciate the art of it. Um, no. Right. And we're on table two. So, so that's an extra level of, of, of effort in, ter in terms of making the quality very high. Um, yeah. I think people don't realize uh, very much how much effort it takes to make and um, produce content. Uh, it is, you know, it's like from the idea, from the realization, from all the... the, the uh, how you how you uh, do the preparations and after that uh, then you make the production and on TV oh my god it's crazy we had a lot of stress sometimes you know we we get crazy with that um, I I I have a different take to this my take is because I've I've been on radio I've been on stage and uh, I've been on TV and I've been in cinemas too uh, and in plays and one thing that I realized is that the audience doesn't really give a damn about your production quality. The audience doesn't really give a damn about uh, how well have you prepared. The audience only gives a damn about the impact that you're creating. Like even at this point of time, the conversation that we're having and whatever are the key takeaways. It is we, because we understand, uh, we uh, kind of give it that importance. But our audience does not give a damn. Exactly the way I think blockchain should be, that they shouldn't even know that this is running on blockchain or this is running on Web2 as long as it seamlessly serves their purpose. So nobody really gives a damn or on, on how much time have you uh, taken to dress up or you know uh, the makeup that you put on and the stuff. It is just that, am I able to relate to you? 
Yeah, it's the same, it's the same with uh, food, right? Like if you, you get an incredible meal, do you really know if it took five hours to make it or, or 30 minutes? No, you just want to eat great food, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we we saw that all the time in the social media. Maybe they, they, you see like a video, which is like homemade video, whatever, but it gets, uh, you know, full of beavers. And it's about how deep is that message? How deep is the message that you are uh, spreading? So at the that, same, that's it's the same time, and there are some more produced um, Twitter spaces. I think doing video content, doing a podcast, um, it does take more effort, um, more resources, uh, and but it's worth it because I think we are making an impact uh, together in this space, and we're reaching a lot of audiences. I don't do Twitter spaces. I've been, I'm, I'm the founding member of the world's largest Twitter space. It's called the Round Table by Mario Nofal. Yep. And uh, when we started off, uh, and before every Twitter space, and the Twitter spaces that Mario hosted and we kind of supported, went for 16 hours a day, right? And, and it, was, it was insane. It was unbelievable that people kind of stuck up and, you know, heard everything that was being said. Uh, and there was a lot of prep there, a lot of prep, a lot of data points because we needed to make sure that nothing is said out of our asses, for lack of a better word, right? We had to be very clear and we had to verify the data points so the entire team would verify and, and then somebody would send it to him saying that this is verified. Now you can go ahead and talk about it or put up that claim because the FTX buzz uh, and, and, and all of this started from the space and very few people would have had the courage to do so uh, and he could do so because the team working behind him and in fact for any successful uh, content creator there is a huge team working behind them to uh, do the R&D, to do the research, to know more about the speaker and, and all of that and the edit team because post-production is a different ballgame or two together. Totally. Yeah, I and mean, we've done some impromptu content and, and it's all good. But but I like to be prepared because I feel like it creates a, a, ditch, a deeper, more meaningful uh, conversation. And we are we're, we're hitting different audiences, right? So uh, I'm I'm really curious, sort of, what is the perspective of the Latino audience on the space? What's the perspective of the Hindu audience on the space? Like, what's going on in the respective parts of the world? Because we're we're covering a lot of territory here with with our different audiences and in sort of. The, the the places we call home in terms of where we're broadcasting. What's going on in in, in your your neck of the woods? Well, um, well, in Latin America right now, it's so much going on. Also in, in different regions, for example, in Argentina, the country that I'm, that I'm from, um, you know, in Argentina, it's going on a lot in the crypto space, and it's one of the countries that is using more crypto. So, for example, uh, there. Um, if you see, like right now, the news, there is almost uh, one of the candidates for the president, Millet. You know, he's trying to get uh, the the crypto and make them the regulations uh, in favor of the crypto world. And um, right now, like, well, you can see the the case of El Salvador. You can see in Mexico also. Right now, there are banks that are getting involved in the crypto industry. And right now, there's a lot of them that uh, you know are more likely to uh, to join to this um, to this movement. So, 
how does that affect like the grassroots level of, of are, are more folks getting into this space? Are are entrepreneurs from other industries sort of introducing techno blockchain technology into yep. their businesses? Yes, yes. And also, for example, in the gaming ex space, it's blooming. It's blooming there. You know, it's totally blooming. But um, for example, we are very careful because anyway, of course, we know that the the Latin American market it's um, they love the blockchain, you know, but uh, the thing is uh, our media is for general people, it's massive. I mean, we can, we have to be careful. We have to explain the things in a very simple way, in a way that everybody can understand. Yeah, we don't want jargon in the Exactly, space, right? it's not the community, it's not our crypto community, it's not yeah. someone that is going to hear a podcast because they know what the podcast is about. It's in the middle of the, the news, uh, normal news. So we have to do it in a way that everybody is going to understand, that it's going to be simple and that we can start to teaching people how is this work. I think that's great. I, I think that's all where the industry needs to go. I think some of the most interesting projects right now, I, I, I use NFL Rivals. It's a, it's a game by uh, Mythical Games uh, that I'm addicted to. You play this game, you have no idea there's anything to do with blockchain or crypto. And you look at what Luke, uh, Lucas done with Pudgy Penguins, if you look at their website, no idea that it's blockchain. It's just about this powerful technology that makes that fan connection deeper, right? What's going on with, with your neck of the woods and, and your audiences? How are they seeing the space and getting involved? So first thing, uh, Hindu is now like a religion term uh, or a religious term, but Indian is the audience. Uh, just want to be sure that these guys don't jump up at me and they kind of abuse in the comment section. Uh, but uh, but abuses are good, by the way, in comment section because that brings in more uh, traction and more uh, kind of comments and uh, all of that. Uh, but now talking about the audience, so I don't do education stuff, right? Because I know that there are a lot more people around the world doing great job at it. I like to bring the fun element into Web3. I like to uh, have fun conversations around Web3. And if I, I am... Uh, talking to a personality, then I would like to know more about their likes, right? Because we need to also understand who these people are in reality, because most of them before some part of time were anonymous. And now when they are realizing that being anonymous is not helping, when they drop their mask and they come out in the open, we as audience would love to know or who they really are. Like I was talking to Yat in uh, uh, Hong Kong. And uh, I uh, wanted to know where he grew up and, and how he grew up. He has a fantastic story while growing up. Uh, most of us don't know that, right? We, we only, uh, when we approach Yat, we want to check from him, hey, Yat, this is my project. Uh, can you invest in it? Or, you know, this is what I'm building. Can you connect me to this particular project which is under your portfolio? Uh, all that is great and important. No thoughts on that. But the way I would like to connect with them is more on a personal level. I would I would love to know, you know, what is the mindset? Because I'm a big fan of mindset and a big, big believer of mindset. And, and I would like to promote that uh, than anything else. Because I'm sure that you guys and a lot more other people are doing fantastic work when it comes to blockchain education. Uh, I just want to bring in the fun element, uh, the, the entertainment element of it and uh, have a free willing conversation. Uh, with whosoever I uh, meet and I uh, speak with. That's very cool. So we actually do a little of both. 
So we, we do a deep dive interview about the technology, but then we have another section of the show called Edge Picators, where we ask our guests 10 fun questions to get to know them as a human. And I think what you said is so important because I, I, I think uh, blockchain, Web3, it, it all can feel very foreign to individuals and in, in people don't realize the depth of, of history of these people and, and why sort of they're in Web3. And then also, you know, there's some interesting answers. Like, so one of the questions we asked last you guys, what's the first thing you ever remember purchasing in your life? Who wants to go first? Um, oh my God, that's a <laughs> cool question. Right? But, but it gets into the, I'll, I'll ask this, you got it. I, I, All right. I got it. Well, what do you got, Bali? Uh, so my first job uh, was selling ladies' bag on the streets of Bangalore, India. And uh, I joined the job just to buy a Superman t-shirt, which my mother refused to buy. Uh, and uh, I said, screw it, I'm going to buy it on my own. But how? So I started talking to my friends and they said, you know, we might know someone. So my job was basically standing on the streets and saying, madam, madam, please come. Madam, madam, please come into the shop. That was all my job. And I think uh, in a week's time, I made, I think, about a couple of hundred rupees, which is like five dirhams uh, as, of, as of now. Yeah. And uh, I got to buy my uh, Superman t-shirt. So, very cool. You answered the second question we actually asked, which <laughs> is the first thing you ever sold in your life. So now we know. I know. I sold the fake cheap ladies' bags for a living. But it's on record. <laughs> no. I was well, by the way, so don't judge me. <laughs> no judgment here. I'm going to be honest. If my first memory about to buy something, I'm a foodie lover, okay? And now you can see how addict to sugar I am. But my first memory is to me buying chocolate. And uh, uh, in the, in the, in the school, like super super addict. And what? And sugar. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it it starts young. Um, yes, yeah. You can at least switch to dark chocolate, but I don't. I love dark chocolate. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot sugar. Uh, and for you guys, if you love dark chocolate, comment down below. <laughs> and what about the first thing you sold? Oh my God! You know, uh, bikinis. Because <laughs> even better than Lady Bag. Ah, uh, do you know that thing? Come on, you you know something that I was proud of. Now I'm feeling ashamed of. No, right? I I I should have sold bikini, <laughs> but I was underage. That time. it's okay. <laughs> I went to Argentina. Uh, I went to Argentina and hey, is I, there an opening right now? What is there an opening right now? On lips. I'm going to Argentina, baby. I'm going to sell bikini there, but on It was a great business, you know. I wanted to pay on my vacation. I was there. It was pretty young right. and the thing is like oh my god if i want to be here like a lot of time i need to sell something like i need to make money off yeah. of something and i don't want to you know get a job to be there not so what i did i bring like a lot of a lot of bikinis and my mother told me no 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 go for fat ladies i don't <laughs> sorry but go for that because they will need it you know they will need it and the thing it was a massive success. I You're early. Really, there's a lot of... Um, <laughs> everything. <laughs> I saw everything. I was great, you know. I'm, I'm glad about it. I say I pay everything. Five months of vacation was awesome. There you go. See, so we're all on turn. So, so uh, the first thing I sold, actually, it's quite, quite relevant to sort of where we are now. And I think this is part of the human story is... Uh, so before Game Boy, there were these cheap portable games you had to buy. They one-time use, 
So I was addicted to them. I had a lot of them. Um, and my, my neighborhood friends were a little bit jealous. So I used duct tape on my porch and I taped them all around and I charged the neighborhood kids 25 cents, uh, per like, uh, 10 minutes to, to play at my arcade. I set up like an arcade on my porch and then, uh, a couple of days into this adventure, I thought it was working well. Um, the parents came to my mom and complained that I was extorting uh, the neighborhood and I had to shut down my arcade. But that was the first, my first experience. And, um, you know, I think I... It was smart. You made very good use of the resources yeah, that you had. Yeah, that's cool. this, and, and um, you know, I lived in a Spanish neighborhood and so I bought Spanish grapes at the store. I was addicted to the... Uh, kind of like a liche, but, but not quite. So I don't know the official name, but... Yeah, so uh, really cool. Um, and I, I think this sort of shows sort of the unique nature of everyone's story and how everyone's come together in this space of, of innovation and technology. And, and that's why AI for me was a natural sort of branching off point. Um, we have a new show, Edge of AI, as well, where we talk to leaders in that space, not just blockchain, but across the entire realm of AI. For me, I'm just excited about emerging technology at the end of the day. And I, I think, you know, with that comes the ability to create new possibilities. I like to tell the positive side of things, not focus so much on the negative. But, you know, we do have some some challenges in the Web3 space and in the AI space, and they do need the light as well. But I think it's about sort of, at the end of the day, having some optimism because technology is here and it's, it's how can we use it to make the world better, right? Exactly, exactly. And before we end, I I wanna I have a last question. Uh, I would love to know from you what do you think will trigger the next bull run. Mm. So that is that is why they all start to hear this at the end. <laughs> so it's a great question. So I just asked that question to a group of a very smart uh, venture folks. I asked about um, is it DeFi? Is it centralized social? Um, is it is it gaming or or is it about rewards of gamification and um you know i i think for that group the the consensus was that we have an incredible array of of triple a games that are coming out over the next few years that are going to be extremely impactful in our space and and uh, you know i tend to agree with that because you know you mentioned gaming you mentioned gaming uh I've traveled around the world this year and past year, and gaming is just always in the conversation. Uh, people that say game by heated up and now it's cooled down, I, I just don't agree. Um, I know there's an incredible amount of money that's already been invested in the gaming space, and games take three to five years about good games. Good you. Yeah, so we have not seen those games yet. And I think when, when, you know, Gala Games has, has dozens of games that have not launched yet. And I think there's a lot of other games being developed. I met some incredible entrepreneurs here in Dubai already. And, and when I was in Singapore that are building games that have not launched yet. And 80% of the population is, is playing games. Yeah. 80%. It, it's, we, we, we love games. And, and there's inherent game mechanics that blockchain makes better. And so, uh, I, and I think the gaming industry, I've talked to gaming leaders in Web2 and Web3, I just interviewed WeMay and, and come to us, and they've made massive decisions for their huge companies to go all in on blockchain. And, and I don't think the world has seen the full impact of, of gaming yet. So 
I think that opens up other possibilities. I, I think that it's one of the purest use cases. I think it affects how brands work in the space, creators work in the space. I think gaming is, is in the DNA of, of our global economy. What about you? No, no, I, I'm totally, I'm totally agree on that. I think it's, I mean, we're going that way. If you see also like you, in the case in Latin America, Filipinas, we saw it before, and uh, gaming is booming right now. And booming. Philippines, just FYI, has the highest number of wallets in the world. Exactly. Philippines, yes, exactly. Yeah, a lot of our audiences there, and particularly they tune in for the gaming episode. So they are curious. They are they are ingesting this knowledge around gaming a lot. And a big shout out to Philippines Blockchain Week. Uh, the guys did a fantastic job there. Uh, it was a great event. Absolutely. I heard great things about it. I know the team behind it. I couldn't make it this year. So are, are we in agreement on gaming or do you have a, a, a contrary perspective here? What would trigger the bull run? Yeah. According to me, it's not gaming or DeFi or anything of that sort. It is the Bitcoin halving that will happen in the first quarter of next year and the Bitcoin ETF. So guys, do your own research. Uh, but this is a good possibility to trigger a bull run that we all are waiting for. Yep. That we can get off the crypto winter and get some heat. No, I, I think, look, I, I've heard mixed perspectives on the impact of the ETS. We know they're coming. They've also been shown to sort of decrease the sort of standard deviation of trading. Um, but but the happening has historically been very powerful and that's come, you know, that's happening. Um, so I, I, I'm very optimistic, I would say, about Q3 and beyond uh, of 2024. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I've been in this space for a while. I'm not leaving the space. Um, this has been so much fun hanging out with you guys. Um, I guess we should tell our respective audiences where they can go to, to learn more about the other shows. Uh, Bali, wh where, where, where do people find you? You find me on YouTube with my name, Vabab Ali, which I'm sure most of them will be over here with me. Spell that, spell that for I mean, It is V-A-I-B-H-A-V space Ali A-L-I. So... Go there, check out the YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the notification bell because that is important. If you don't hit the notification bell, you're not going to see the upcoming videos. And do the same even to their channels too. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Well, the same for us. You can follow us on our social medias. We are in TikTok. We are also in Instagram. Uh, we are in Twitter also with Livelyverse named. And, well, our TV show is Lively World. Right now it's on TV. It's in Cablevisión, Argentina. Right now at the moment we are launching on Wednesday at 11. Uh, but uh, we will have our next season uh, in March next year in UCL, 41 TV channels, 11 countries. Amazing. So for our two shows, you can uh, look up Edge of NFT on, on Google or it's just at Edge of NFT on Twitter, uh, Edge of NFT on YouTube. Uh, you can catch us on, on cable streaming through Defiance.media. We're on 30 channels and at least go to 90 countries. I'm not sure, maybe more. Um, and then Edge of AI is our newest show. Um, you know, you can, it's Edge of underscore AI on Twitter and edgeofai.xyz and you know you can find us on both shows on Spotify on iTunes also on YouTube so definitely if you're curious about those areas check us out and and yeah I'm gonna I'm looking forward to checking your shows out and having more fun this week and to you know all of you this was this is a great way to kick off uh, we don't do this enough talk to our fellow media uh, compadres so this was great
Just one last thing that I want to say is that Web3 is all about collaboration and not competition. If we creators can collaborate together, where uh, the highest level of, uh, uh, you know, com like we would love to compete with each other with an extra like, with an extra viewer, with an extra comment. If we can sit down on a table, have a great conversation, why not you builders go out and collaborate? Thank you. And uh, we'll well, talk about Argentina. I want to move there. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, but thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here, to uh, be around people in the space with a lot of knowledge. So I appreciate it very much. The views and opinions expressed on Edge of NFT reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. Please make sure to do your own research. Our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. From time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of those links. Refer to our website, www.edgeofnft.com, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, and privacy policy. Thank you.